Today on the Nerd Outcast podcast, we talk about the rise of Skywalker. Welcome back. I'm your host, Chris Bashan. And like I mentioned a moment ago, we're going to talk about what is supposedly the final entry in the Skywalker saga, uh, episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker, which at the time of this recording came out uh, about two, two and a half weeks ago, roughly. Um, again, supposedly the last Star Wars movie. We've talked about a lot of Star Wars on this podcast. So, of course, we have to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. I've got uh, experts and uh, opinions all over the place for this film, so I'm happy to dive in. I've got a gentleman sitting here in the room with me. What is your name, sir? Hey, Chris. uh, Jake and Zunza. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me out. Thank you for coming to talk about Star Wars. I love it. Um, I have to know, what is your favorite Star Wars film? Uh, Do I have to just count the nine uh, episodes, or can I throw in uh, a Rogue One Oh, you could throw Rogue One in. Okay, Rogue One is barely ekes out Empire for me. Whoa! Yeah, weird. now I want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so interesting. Wow. I think it's it's hard to be um, not a Star Wars fan and look at the and 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 not for me to not say that one just because it. I have lots of reasons we can talk about it, you know, and uh, later. But I think it's one of the. Uh, it is the epitome of Star Wars. I think. Um, huh. Rogue One is the absolute everything if, about being a Star Wars fan and about the idea of hope and inspiring others. So, I've, and then that Vader scene at the end gave gives me chills still thinking about it. I've never heard such love for Rogue One. That's so interesting. It's a wonderful film. Um. Well, we have not done a Rogue One podcast, so remind me when we do okay. to to book you on that, sir. Let's and then, it. as far as kind of Star Wars mythos, have you watched Rebels or Clone Wars or The Mandalorian? Absolutely, or- yeah. I'm Great. I'm almost done with the Rebels, but I've watched Clone Wars all the way through. Great. Uh, all the side cartoons, canon comic books, non-canon comic books, novels, um, holiday specials. Everything. Okay, so, great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then I guess my final question before we move on, mm-hmm. if you were to to give Rise of Skywalker uh, like a one word summary or a one word adjective or whatnot, what would you what would you describe it as? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> spo- you get the question first. Okay, so. great. Uh, one word. Wanting. Wanting. Okay. All right. Well, hold on to that. We're okay. gonna we're gonna dive into that. You said that so apologetically. Too. <laughs> I was trying to think of the best. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Um, let's jump over to Chicago. Who do I have over in Chicago? DJ Fink. DJ, welcome back. How are you doing, friend? Good, man. It's it's good to be back. So I've got to I've got to throw the same questions to you. First off, what is what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Or you know, we've opened it up, so it could be not a movie. It could be something else. You know. Uh, I'm tempted to say Phantom Menace just to make people like grab their pearls while they're listening. Um, I have to go uh, to A New Hope. That was the first one I saw as a kid. It's the one that really kind of uh, set everything up for me. And, you know, I'm I was born in 77. So this is like at the beginning of my lifetime. I've had 
those original trilogy movies following along with me the entire way. Um, so that's the one that, that really set me up as a fan. And um, after that, very close, like 1A, 1B would be Jedi, just because that was the first one I saw in the theater as a kid, had the full experience. You know, so yeah, 1A, 1B, of, but they're both in the original trilogy, so. Okay, great. Um, and a similar question to you, have you watched you know, Clone Wars or Rebels or played the games or read any of the books, you know, expanded into the, uh, you know, greater than just the nine films? Uh, so most of it. I, I haven't uh, gotten as far into the animated series as I wanted to. Okay. Um, the newer comics, I'm, I'm reading and having, you know, there's such a volume of things now to catch up on. I think I read almost all of the what is now the the legend the you know the legends the stuff that was the books when we had no movies that they decided to throw out. Uh, so in my in my mind, you know, yes, Luke still should be married and there should be a Mara Jade someplace. But mm. yeah, I, I've done that. I think I've played every Star Wars video game that's come out in one respect or another. Uh, so you could say I'm a okay. fan. Okay. And final question: If you were to give Rise of Skywalker a one word summary or adjective what would you what would you say uh i would just go with fun you know and try not to think too deeply into some of these things because it could make your head explode okay uh great we'll hold on to your thoughts we'll get we'll get right back to them uh my final guest is all the way over in atlanta what's your name my friend hey everybody i'm crispy hey chris welcome back thank you for having me back third third star wars podcast i'm pretty excited to kind of round out this trilogy here Oh, did you not do the which ones did you jump in on? I've done I've done all the new trilogy with you. Okay, but you missed yeah, yeah, the ori- yeah. the originals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Remind me to have you on so, for the prequels. I'm here. <laughs> let's do it. I'm there. Let's do it. Um, so Chris, kind of, you know, what is your uh, first off? What's your favorite Star Wars film yeah. or story or whatever? So my favorite Star Wars film is firmly The Last Jedi. I'm hmm. one of those people. Uh, I love it. It, uh, it was fresh. It was exciting. I mean, re- regardless of how people feel about the story and what the characters did, I think we can all agree that as far as great-looking movies, the cinematography in The Last Jedi has some of the most outstanding standalone just mm-hmm. shots in the franchise. Uh, to that point, though, uh, we, we talked about Rogue One earlier. Uh, Rogue One is also like the perfect aesthetic for a Star Wars film as well. So if I'm talking like pure story, Last Jedi, but if I'm talking pure honest, this is what a Star Wars movie should look like. I would mm-hmm. think Rogue One as well. Okay. Um, it's interesting you bring up Last Jedi, which I think is is going to come up in this discussion a few times, because I feel Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker obviously are linked, not in necessarily good ways. They they inform opinions about each other. We'll discuss. We'll discuss is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, great. And then... As far as uh, Rise of Skywalker goes, uh, where, you know, what's that one word you would give it? What's that one word? Yeah, fun was my original idea, but I'm honestly going to, since we have fun, I'm going to say appropriate. Appropriate. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take appropriate. Great. Um, cool. Well, gentlemen, that's that's it. That's our that's our crew. So let's let's jump right in. Um, well, what, about, what about your favorite? Uh, Turn that back well, on you. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> thank you. No You're one still here asks. too. <laughs> I just want people to ask. No. Um, I think. I mean, for me personally, Return of the Jedi is is my jam. It's it's the one I saw. It's strangely the first Star Wars movie I saw. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a VHS copy of it. I watched it a ton. 
and um, really loved it. I think uh, as much as I love Return of the Jedi, I'll, even, I'll easily concede it is the weakest of the original trilogy. It is hands down the weakest. Um, but I, I love it. So that's that's my favorite. So, yeah. And what is your one word for Rise of Skywalker? Um, my one word... Uh, Oh, man, everyone's gonna hate that I say this, but I I have to I I have to say it's cowardly. Hmm. I I think the movie's cowardly. Uh, to be nice. <laughs> um, so let's dive in. Let's talk about Rise of Skywalker. Um, so yeah, let's let me start with you, DJ. Um, did the movie live up to your expectations, and 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 did it close out? Did it close out both the sequel trilogy and and the Skywalker saga as a whole? So I guess to answer that, I have to admit that I'm one of those people that I keep my expectations of these kind of movies really low um, Mm -hmm. because I find them easier to enjoy. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, because I I didn't have great expectations, like I didn't have this wish list of things that I needed to have fulfilled by the movie. I was able to go into it, just, you know, kind of take it as it came and, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like it really closed out, you know, the overall Skywalker saga in some meaningful, if not predictable ways. Um, so it's not that I don't have any critiques of the movie, but yeah, I, I was able to sit back, you know, just and let myself kind of just get immersed into it and not really overthink it. Okay. Chris, what about you? I'm in the exact same boat as DJ. I find that putting a lot of expectations on a product is going to, obviously affect my opinion of it going in and so while i think um the last jedi kind of cleaned the slate i was really excited going into skywalker because i was like i really had no clue where the franchise would go and ended Mm -hmm. and the places that that they went i think were safe but like i said appropriate uh for the story that they were trying to tell and it was fun i mean i I, again i like dj i've got my critiques of it. it it's a flawed film but there's not a such thing as a perfect Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And I think I had a lot of fun with it. And I think that's what matters at the end of the day. If there's nothing like a perfect Star Wars movie, then what would you say is Empire Strikes Back's biggest flaw? Oh, man. It's... it, it Just because feel... that's the one everyone Right, right, right. right. It, it doesn't feel like one movie to me. Is that a... F- what do you mean? It there You could have lots of cohesive stories that tie together a grander story... And I struggle with Empire and that I think it's not that cohesive. I think it's a fine film. It's probably, like, if we were ranking movies on just pure great films, it's probably my number two um, just because of how just epic it is. But I I, I think just the narrative choice and some beats are a little flawed is all. Okay. Great. Uh, That's a great question. I (laughs) I was very curious when he he said it. So... um, Jake, uh, what about you? Did you did the movie live up to expectations, or if you didn't have expectations, um, did it close out the sequel trilogy and the Skywalker saga as a whole? Um, I think it definitely closed it out. I don't think it, I don't think it closed it out well. Okay. Um, I think, and no disrespect to anybody else on on this panel, uh, I, I I felt like when I when I walked into the Last Jedi, I didn't have any expectations, and I was pleasantly surprised. And with the rise of Skywalker, it's hard to not have something 
to to walk into a 42 year sort of like build up and and it's hard for me to divorce myself of that sort of like feeling of like okay it's going it, to they're they're touting it as they're going to wrap everything up this is the end this is the end so walking in i i felt i felt like the film was wanting i felt like there was there was a lot of what I've been saying, uh, and not to, I guess, jump the gun too much or jump the blaster. Oh, that's all right. Um, jump the blaster is a great one. I should have just led with that one. <laughs> uh, that that um, it was Star Wars, the Star Wars movie about Star Wars. Mm. And it felt like I was just going through a high, the highlights. Um, yeah, I think from the, from the moment the crawl began, I had a feeling, I had a bad feeling about this. Mm. Um and yeah, I, that's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's rough to be, to feel like you're kind of climbing a hill from the, from the first sentence of the crawl. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how I kind of came into it. That's okay. That's all right. Um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like when you, when you said it was like a Star Wars movie about Star Wars, the first thing I thought to was there's this really at the end of the second season, is it the second season or the first of Star Trek: The Next Generation? There's an episode where Riker gets in a coma. Yep, and it's a clip show uh, because they couldn't write anything for the show because the writer's strike was going on, uh, and it's kind of derided as one of the worst um, season finales for a Star Trek because it's just a clip series of a show that's only been on for two seasons. Um, and I, I can I can see that parallel with Rise for sure, as far as like feeling almost like a clip show of just mm-hmm. showing the highlights. Um, I hated the movie, guys. I really hated it. <laughs> I will I will flat out say it. Um, and keep in mind when I say when I like I think it's prequel bad, but for very different reasons. Um, and keep in mind when I say I didn't like the movie, I'll still own it. I own the prequels. Like I still watch the prequels because as bad as they are, there's still aspects of them I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Rise has some really narrative and product, not production, but narrative. It's mainly the writing, writing flaws uh, that really hold it back. And I think part of it really comes off of uh, something, Chris, that you brought up early, which is Last Jedi. And I kind of feel... It's interesting. Like, DJ, did you like Last Jedi? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, there were still okay. other things along with that one that I, I took issue with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I the, the hard part for me as a fan when it comes to all of these is mm-hmm. we've gotten to the point now that um, since they did away with the books that were the, the filler between the original series and even when the prequels came out, everything now it does feel like a highlight clip because they they've merchandised things to the point now that everything is you have to go read this novel and you have to go read this comic and and if you if you're with those then yeah the the highlights make sense and if you're walking in without all of those things then maybe you're getting you know you don't realize you're getting the highlights um you know so for example the the, the beginning of the movie with uh Kylo going and trashing everybody on what we now if you you know googled it or whatever you find out is mustafar right and Mm -hmm. you don't realize he's not just slaughtering innocent people he's killing vader acolytes you know these Mm -hmm. are all things that you have to get by 
immersing yourself in all of these extra media pieces. Um, and I think that's part of the thing that's ruined the, the newer trilogy for me, at least as far as it used to be, they would take what was in the movies and expand upon it. And now it feels like the only place that you get where all of these other things overlap is in the movie. And it's kind of backwards for me in that sense. To, to, I want to jump on that yeah. as well. I mean, uh, Fortnite was where the Palpatine reveal was for crying yes. out loud. Oh. And as, I mean, again, I, I, I give it to you. I like the movie. It's fine. But the way they're handling the universe as a whole right now, and I don't necessarily know if I'm going to say Disney is to blame. Obviously, Disney is at the helm. But whoever has actually made making these decisions to get out there and and get into all the expanded lore when that's the real lore is frustrating because it used to be the reverse right uh you would watch the main trilogies and you'd go see the clone wars cartoon and you'd get good storytelling but that was fine a solo uh the film solo was a great example of this when at the very end um darth maul's there and anyone who hasn't kept up with uh rebels mm. or uh, Clone Wars before it's like wait I thought Darth Maul died and things like that and I'll mm-hmm. just it just kind of shoehorned in and I think that's the biggest flaw of this current trilogy as much as I, I praise a lot of it and tr- trash the rest is that with the other trilogies you at least had one a show bible like in a television show uh, I, I, you had a core guide to define the process and with this disney was just like hey jj have a movie hey ryan have a movie hey uh trevor have a movie and or colin rather and and you all just come up with your own thing and make it all work like there wasn't just a through message between all of them and i think that hurt the franchise Mm -hmm. uh this trilogy as a whole isn't as bad as the prequels um uh but it, it definitely i think hurts the the fandom the most because there was no unified voice behind it i think that's probably one of one of the most on the no you know on the head um statements there that's that's it's so difficult to watch something that and it's beloved and whatnot and and it's you know everyone has like these strong opinions about it it's it's almost like trying to catch lightning in a bottle and trying to make sure that everyone is happy with it but when you do have this the people who are in charge the stewards more looking at um you know, let's go all in on Porg. Let's make sure we make Porg the thing. You know, like from like like a branding perspective, it 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 falls, it bleeds into the it bleeds into like the create you know the creative aspect of 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 telling a story. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy, um, I think a couple months ago there was an article where she was saying, or she was interviewed and and she said, you know, um, it's not like the Marvel films. We don't have books to go off of on. These and then everyone, you know, reacting to that on Twitter and social mm-hmm. media, just you know, head in hand, sort of like legends, all these other things. Like that, those are the those are the folks who are in charge of the franchise. And it, and it, to your point, there was no, at, at least as a viewer, I'm sure that there was things behind you know behind the scenes, no connecting through line between the three new films. You know, JJ kicks it off well known for rebooting a, a a series like Star Trek and whatnot and and then we get something completely different with The Last Jedi based off of that and then JJ closes it out. Um it it, it just feel like they were just running and building the plane while it was in flight. Yeah, I mean you've all said correct things by far. it's 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 just baffling to me when not only did they have two full other trilogies 
within this very saga, but they also had the MCU as an example. Like, why would there not be a through line? Why was there not just a little bit of a through line? Like, where was the roadmap? Like, for serious, like, that's crazy to me. Like, Star Wars, did Star Wars, Star Wars is not the first trilogy, is it? Star Wars, the first trilogy, the first movie trilogy? No. No. Is it? No. Well, actually, now that I think about it, it might be the first core trilogy. Because, I mean, after that, the first, the next major trilogy was what? Back to the Future? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Yeah, but you can't discount eight, horror films and whatnot. I wouldn't that's count true, like yeah. I wouldn't count James Bond or anything sure. like that. Like that's a continuous. Not, not, not serial films, but like a yeah. core one, mm-hmm. two, three. Here's my trilogy. Here's my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it might it might be worth researching. Well, and look at the, and look at that too. Um, to what what you had talk, asked about Empire previously, you know, what's a flaw of it? And I think that kind of like uh, lends itself to this. Star Wars was a complete film unto itself. A New Hope was. Star Wars, and I would say, oh yes, George Lucas had like a bunch of other plans and whatnot, but that was the film. And then, boom, blows up, biggest movie in the world. Um, we want more. They go, okay, what do we do next? Its biggest flaw is that it wasn't planned necessarily, but they just happened to catch lightning in a bottle. It was, it was magic, mm-hmm. and trying to recreate that magic again is, I mean, any any creative pursuit and you know endeavor, you see something like you know like. Picasso or or you see Starry Night and you go, oh, just paint that again. Like it doesn't work that way. And I think and... that's I think that idea of the original trilogy is part of what holds everyone back from wanting to accept these other movies as as, you know, just independent pieces of film that are along the same thing or saying that, you know, they need a through line. Um I mean, so sure sure, I have a problem with the fact that uh Ryan Johnson had to pull out his, you know, the Jedi Path book to justify that he did force mm. projection for for Luke. And people are like, oh, that's a new thing. And he's like, no, see, it's here. We've got it in this canon thing that was published by. But but all of that comes because we have this original trilogy that's been sitting around forever that we all look at as this holy grail of what these other movies need to be. So we're holding them up as these are these, you know, even if they're imperfect films, we hold it up as this like perfect trilogy of what everything else should reflect and should be. And the problem is people forget that, you know, George Lucas set out to basically remake the searchers in space with Mm. the first movie. And even though maybe he did have, you know, 12 chapters written or whatever the, you know, the old lore is, he never had specific things written. So, you know, these other things kind of developed on their own. That's why we had the whole thing of romance with Luke and uh, Leia turn into brother, sister, Luke and Leia, even though they had the big romantic kiss, you know? So things developed over time and, but we hold these things up and put them on a pedestal. And I think people forget that there was still this same choppy process along the way. And, but it's just been sitting there for 40 years or at least 30 some odd years since the original trilogy concluded. Well, it's also trying to find that perfect um, that perfect leader in, in behind Star Wars, and I and uh, not to kind of like go all over the place, but I, I feel like after watching the Rise of Skywalker, I, I feel really sad that George could not finish it. I wish that George would have done the new trilogy, mm. for better or worse, he is Star Wars, and I trust me, I have a lot of issues with the prequels, but look what the prequels gave us—they gave us. They gave us the Clone Wars, they gave us Rebels, they gave us the Mandalorian. We wouldn't have the Mandalorian without 
without the prequels. Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. Uh, but, yeah. but Dave Filoni is actually what you're, you're actually you're praising Dave Filoni, this not true. George Lucas. No, but 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 I am still. But still, yeah. He, without he, George Lucas, we wouldn't have Dave. Sure, but all the big points that you're driving are Dave driven. Like I'm not trying to discredit George. I, without this, we wouldn't have George. And I'm with you. I think I actually would have loved to have seen George at least be behind the scenes and guide things, but. Uh, all the great things that we can count on from the trilogies forward, I, I I'm gonna, I want to make sure we give Filoni credit where credit is due. Hundred percent. Oh no, I'm, I'm not I'm not discounting Dave Filoni, you know, at all. But what, what I'm saying is that I, I, I just wish what what I got, and and this is imperfect, is from the from the prequel trilogy is is still it's still gives hope, and that's like that that I, I was thinking like, what is Star Wars? And after watching Rise, it's. It's about hope, and 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 yeah, one, two, and three have a have a big problem, especially two, especially one, um, but they still inspired a lot of others to tell other stories in that universe, and it opened a door for a lot of other things. Same as the original trilogy with a lot of the novels with Zahn and and um, and you know, creating amazing characters in that world. Mar Jade, um, I I I just I I look at. I look at what you know the 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 issues were in in the new trilogy, and it, it's what kind of what we're talking about. It's it's Disney trying to make investors happy, and it didn't feel like the movie was for us. It feels like the uh, the audience for the for the new for the films for Star Wars now is the Disney investor, and it's it's less about less about the people who you know. Us, just the regular people and whatnot. Do you do you think Star Wars is in good hands now that Kevin Feige is on board? Yeah, I uh, I, I I'm confident. I feel I feel confident. Um, it, not just because you know, oh, so Marvel you know, Marvel works, so Star Wars will work. But like how he mm-hmm. approaches Marvel, mm-hmm. how he 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 puts the right people in the right places and kind of stands back mm-hmm. and does what he does well. But that's what I think Lucas did tremendously well in the original trilogy maybe by on purpose maybe on accident i mean uh, having the right people in the right places do their jobs well and i think as long as kevin feige doesn't become too enamored with the fact that he's kevin feige which i honestly don't think is going to be an issue um i think it's in very very good hands i think that that was lucas's downfall was he became george lucas and then he made the prequels and nobody told george lucas no it was always uh, that's, that's the best thing. No one ever told George no. Right. Because like when the prequels were getting made, there is this reverence of, oh, this is the father of Star Wars. Sure, let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. Whereas the original trilogy shines uh, from he was told no a lot because they were pioneering. They they were breaking ground. They, there was a lot of things that they were told no, and they found ways around it and or way, new ways to do things. and. Mm. I think the prequel trilogy hurts the most exactly because of that, because he's just like, well, I've got this idea. And I think George is a great idea, man, obviously. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for George Lucas. But, you know, uh, you can be a great idea person, but not be the best at implementing it. And as someone who's been creating content for 15 years, I know I've definitely been guilty of that as well. And you're right. He he definitely had put the right people in the right place. Uh, uh, back in the day, his wife being the editor and mm-hmm. things like that. So, um I don't think the right people were in the right place as much as I actually, I don't hate JJ and I don't hate Ryan Johnson. They're, they're no. both fans. Uh, that's the beautiful thing. And bad thing about fandom uh, is that fans are, come in all shapes, 
colors and sizes, right? And they have different types of love. Both JJ and, and Ryan are fans. They might not be the type of fans that we are, and that's okay. And I think they just... Yeah, it, it, it feels like Disney wasn't a fan, to your point, Chris. And I'm a huge Disney nerd. Uh, you know me personally. I, it, I go to Disney. Hell, I've got a lightsaber that I built uh, at uh, Galaxy's Edge here. I'm looking at my kyber crystals and things like that. I'm all in on Disney having Star Wars, but whether or not the new trilogy is for the investors or the fans is one of those things that I, it's, I don't know if we can split the two anymore, mm. uh, but it has definitely made them lots of money. For, for what they paid for it, better or worse, they've definitely uh, recouped that investment well, numerous times over. It's, it is kind of like on that. It is almost uh, – it feels at times that they are very good about listening to the fans and that might be their detriment. Uh, mm. it, it did feel when I was watching Rise that, you know, anyone who uh, – if the majority of people that they saw complained about Rose, Rose is diminished and or if, um, you know – if people are shipping Kylo and Ray, they put them together, and it, it feels like a response to a lot of the criticism that the new trilogy has had it has kind of been like, well, okay, let's let's address your concerns. We're listening to the fans. We're going to do all those things that you kind of want us to do, but that's not always what we need. What is it? Um, Ryan Johnson was was talking recently about well, if you pander to uh, the audience of a fandom. You, you what you will not get you know a good result you'll get the exact opposite and i'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing the hell out of what he said yeah. but that sort of not giving them what they want and i think that's what tlj did wonderfully and, and yeah there were there were issues of course and i know a lot of people had problems with the humor but humor's always been in star wars there's it's it's hans you know um you know every, everything going all right everything going on down there all right yeah we're fine how are you shoots the uh, detention center security uh, panel and whatnot. But I think a lot of people had issue with the, um, was the phone call. Are you there? No, I'll, I'll continue to hold thing with Poe and Hux. But anyways, I'm sorry. I'm rambling on that. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I'm, what I'm, what I, what I'm saying though, is it, it just, it, it felt like they were very much just sort of listening and kind of shooting from the hip on, Oh, Twitter didn't like Rose. So let's take her out. Yeah. It, it, it felt, it felt like, dare I say, by the fans, for the fans. Sure. Uh, which is typically a, a good thing that we say, but it, you're right, the third movie did feel like it was pandering in a lot of ways. And I say that as someone who liked it, I, I, I still share the criticisms that I'm sure that we're all going to share, that it didn't transfer the narrative focus in a way that it needed to, and it caved to a lot of ways. And and sure, they were fan servicey, and maybe that's why I enjoyed it, because I finally got some payoff or some things, but it, it didn't make a good story in that regard. So, Chris, you keep trying to say something. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask if DJ was about to say something because I thought I saw him about oh, to chime yeah. in. You know, um, so there's one thing that I that I always think about when people talk about George Lucas as the, you know, I wish he had done this or I wish, yeah, and, I, you know, for as much as I still enjoy them as a fan, I can also pan uh, the stuff that was in the prequels. But I, I always think about what did George Lucas do when they re-released the original trilogy? Right. And they switched up the thing about, you know, who shot first, Han or Greedo. Um, they took the guy that looked like he could have been the fourth Baratheon brother and then CG'd him into the, the slug of Jabba the Hutt. Right? Because Jabba was originally just a white English guy. You know, when he had the chance to go back and and nobody was saying no to him at this point, he did some things that were very controversial. So, yeah, it's no surprise that the stuff that he did then in the in the prequel trilogy 
was stuff that people didn't like because at that point all the restraints were off and he wanted to make the, the movies the way he wanted to make them. And all of this stuff comes back to, again, we've had this sitting there for, you know, 40 plus years now. I'm a huge Batman fan and I, I do everything I can related to Batman and Superman's the same. And a lot of these comic books, you know, even we were talking about the Marvel movies, you're talking about characters that have been around for decades now. There's never going to be something that somebody can do, somebody can write that's going to be the the perfect way, the the thing that gets it right for everyone. So when you're the person that's lucky enough to be named as the creative director or the writer or whatever, it's your vision of fandom that's going to get implemented for better or for worse. And that's why I, I even between movies that, you know, uh, sure, uh, Last Jedi left certain things a certain way, but I still was able to walk into the most recent movie with very low expectations because I knew it's a new set of hands on this. It's a new creative vision. It's a different, you know, group of people. And I, I, I'm not a director. I'm not a writer for any of these things, but if I were doing it, yeah, Twitter be damned. You know, the fans, <laughs> the fans that have been fans for 40 years are still going to go see the movie. But what are we trying to, to market this to? Well, it's not just investors, but... And forget the merchandising aspect for a second, because that's been around for a long time too. But you've got a whole new generation of eight, nine, 10 year olds that this is going to be the first trilogy that they saw. You know, this is going to be the Star Wars that they grew up with from their era, their childhood. And, you know, you're going to have Star Wars fans for life because of that. So all of this stuff about whose hand should it have been in and... I, I get why we can sit here on this podcast and have these conversations, but at the end of the day... You know, this isn't like the Sonic the Hedgehog thing where people are going to bitch and they're going to go back and redesign it. There's no, there's not going to be a Snyder cut of the, you know, the the new trilogy or anything where people are clamoring for, oh, I want this the way I want it. It, This is what we have. And so we don't have to love it and we can certainly critique it. But I think to, to question the choices that were made, you know, for too long, it, it just starts taking away from some of the things that we do. That's That's the problem with the the analysis that goes on these days with with things that we just love and embrace is we almost have to find reasons to tear them down and i'm not saying things don't deserve critiquing but i think there's still a limit where you can say okay i didn't love it but it's one part of nine of a series that i love i i totally agree i'm sorry uh i hit the table uh i'm totally with you i think we will we will just tear something apart, tear it down, and make it not fun anymore. Um, and I I shouldn't mis you know misrepresent myself. I still had fun watching it because I still had some moments of like, wow, that was really cool. That was a great shot, or that was a cool thing. But I I I think the thing that I left with was less of a feeling of feeling complete, feeling like that kind of capped out the saga, and more of like, well, why? Why were the things that were established as being an important in in the Force Awakens not important, and why were the things you established in Last Jedi not important, and and what happened with this character? And it it, it as like a, as looking at it as its own through line because you do have to look at all the nine films because it caps everything out. It is the the ending. I just I was just left sort of confused when I've been given at least a little bit of like an explanation, like why Palpatine is alive again. And these, these small things. Yeah. I just, I felt like I would have been happy 
if they would have still stayed true to a plan or had a through line, something to connect it for me. It's never going to be perfect for me. It's never going to, you know, going to be the movie that I always want, but I'll, I'll be happy if they at least do justice to what they've been establishing, Mm -hmm. you know? I, Sorry, there's been a lot to unpack. So (laughs) Um, I'd love to jump back to uh, somebody said it uh, just to speak a little more to fandom, I think. Um, And I think like fandom is one of the reasons the Empire Strikes Back works so well is it really challenged the fandom of A New Hope. Like Empire is tonally very different from A New Hope. Um, people, parents were not happy that Luke was potentially the son of the worst person in, in the galaxy. James Earl Jones thought that the script, like that Vader was lying at the end of the day, you know, people didn't like those choices because they really changed the narrative game and the expectations of what people had built up from a new hope and had brought a weird, just a different side and a gravitas to, um, you know, that galaxy of far, far away. And I think that's why it works so well, you know, like it really challenged us. Um, so just like for, just for me specifically, like that's what I loved about the last Jedi. Um, I felt like when I first saw last Jedi, I did not like it. And I mean, there's a lot of problems with that film for sure. But the longer I sat with the theme, especially of raise a nobody and the force can kind of just come from anywhere and be with anyone that theme really started to jive with me and i really liked it and i thought it was thematically a really interesting choice especially you know with the kid at the end and the broom and like like i got the theme they were going for and i thought that was cool and then to have them just completely 180 in this movie saddened me it would be like like imagine if 30 or 40 years ago return of the jedi came out and said no he's not your dad He's not your dad. He was lying. Like we wouldn't be talking about those movies nearly as much. Like they took away, they took it away. They took away what a you know wonderful, to, to, beautiful I gift. I don't think they took it away. And I say this as someone who loves the Last Jedi, who is but who is exhausted by Star Wars fandom. And I will say this uh, on the record that Star Wars fandom has become the worst fandom. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> especially especially since the Jedi. There are great people within it, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just I'm grossly generalizing, and I own that. I see this as an ambassador of fandoms uh, being a face of Dragon Con, but it's exhausting being a Last Jedi fan. I say saying that I don't think they threw that theme away, mm-hmm. but with with Rise, but I don't think they handled it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene with Luke. Let me backtrack. I apologize. When you first hear that Ray's a Palpatine, my friend and I sitting next to me, we groaned. We're like, ah, fine. Whatever. Well, let's just see what they do with it. Which the irony is when Force Awakens came out, I was one of the first people that was like, oh, she's obviously a Palpatine. Like, that's one of the things. I was like, she's either a Palpatine or a Kenobi. She's not a Skywalker by blood. That's fine. We'll see how they address that. And then when, when we're told in Last Jedi, she's a nobody, anybody can be a Force power centric. Cool. Yay. That's a big win. So when I hear she's a Palpatine, I'm like, I groaned. I'm like, all right, well, I'm here. Let's see where they go with it. When you finally meet Luke and Luke tells her, yeah, obviously you're a Palpatine, but does that mean anything? No, your blood doesn't define you. Like they still drove that point home, even if it was messy. So I don't think they threw the idea away. They just didn't handle it with their uh, 
the respect that maybe you or I probably wanted them to. See, I don't think that was the the point that I took away from some of these things is the the idea that it had to be a nobody. I I went back to the long running theme throughout the entire series, which was the Force seeks balance. So you had Darth Vader, right, the ultimate uh, turncoat, who then becomes the ultimate turncoat again, right, and to save his son. Um, you've got Palpatine, who who kind of came out of nowhere. We already meet him as a, an already risen to power, hidden Sith senator. We don't know where he comes back from. That's fine. I don't care about that. But the balance there is that his granddaughter, you know, who has the, his strength in the Force and who has... It doesn't matter that she's associated with him. She's actually terrified of being like him. And, and is ultimately the one that is his undoing, Right. And, and takes that power and uses it for good. I mean, that's that's the balance. That's the, that's the little stuff that I love thematically that maybe it's not as clear uh, through the narrative, but as a, as a fan who has watched this for my entire life, I mean, that struck me. Mm-hmm. I and, and not to make this, well, this is how they should have done it. Um, I, I wasn't, I, I'm kind of half in, half out about her being a Palpatine. It's there. It's established. So running with that, the thing that I was that I was hoping for in Rise was JJ talked about how important uh, Snoke was, and and then he's killed off in 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 TLJ. I if that has to be the duality, if that has to be the balance, if if Ray must be a Palpatine to kind of like bring that scale back, and to, and then to be able to explain her lineage and whatnot. I was, I was kind of hoping to not see Palpatine. Obviously we knew he was there because of all the, the lead up to it, but it, it, it just kind of confused me as to why he was brought back after being dead with very little explanation when they had a, an opportunity. There was, there was a moment in the film where you see like a vat of Snoke's mm-hmm. of Snoke clones. Char Snoke. <laughs> where there is Snoke, there is, fire it is it, it's it seemed like the 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 storytelling of that like as you mentioned like it, it they still kind of drove the point home of it of of it could you know it can still be anybody in that way um it would have been nice to have seen them kind of come back with will snoke as a clone of palpatine and and then kind of cut palpatine out altogether he's still dead but Snoke's alive again, and you have the clone of Palpatine trying to, uh, as Snoke, trying to like get something from Rey or something like that. It, it just seemed like it was kind of shoehorned in to, to, for not a very good reason. It's, God, man. Okay. Uh, it's weird. I love, I love Palpatine. Like, I love Ian McDermott. I could watch him say Skywalker and Dark Side all day. Like, I love, <laughs> I really love Emperor Palpatine. Um, but I didn't want him in the movie. Like, I really didn't. Um, and I went, you know, like going into the film, I wasn't sure how they were going to use him. I didn't know if it was going to be a force ghost or like a Sith holocron or computer or, or what what means they were going to use. But the, I mean, he's literally back. Like he is, he is back. And I think, I think I just didn't want him there. Like they had what they needed in Kylo Ren, you know, sure. like, and and that's one, that's another thing again from Last Jedi that I loved, like, I never liked Kylo Ren as as trying to be this Vader wannabe. That just didn't really sit well with me in Force Awakens. It didn't make sense to me, uh, to be honest. You know, like, why is this man idolizing his grandfather 
so much? Why, why has Luke not told him like, Hey, you know what? He actually really regretted that. And he saved my life. (laughs) You know, like it just narratively didn't make sense to me. Um, the lore of the dark side makes sense, but not, not wanting to be another Vader. Um, but when they kind of struck on that theme in last Jedi of him, just let old things die, like get rid of them. That I was like, Oh, that's it. That's that character's point of view. That makes sense to me. But then Palpatine's back and I know he's just using him, but it just felt, I feel like we have a Spider-Man three problem going on, which is we have, we have too many villains now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and no one villain gets enough time, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's weird. Cause I love, again, I love Ian McDermott. I just, I just didn't want I, him in I, the movie. I remember, I remember sitting on my couch watching celebration from home and watching the trailer and hearing his voice, his laugh at the end. Mm-hmm. I lost, I lost my mind. They cut to the auditorium. There's Ian there, and he's like, "Roll it again," you know, with his beautiful Palpatine voice. <laughs> and it, 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 like that moment sent shivers down my spine. And it's one of those things where, okay, well, I didn't know I wanted Palpatine back, but we've got him back, so they, they better handle it right. And to DJ's point earlier about how the mythos is spread out, uh, Chris, you probably don't have an answer for this, but are you familiar with Operation Cinder? No, but I've read the Dark Horse comics where he comes back. This has nothing to do with the Dark oh, Horse comics. Okay. This has everything to do with the with new. uh with the video game, uh, Battlegrounds Two. I have not played that. Uh, Battle, uh, where they actually had a story, and it's talking about Palpatine's contingency plan mm-hmm. about how there he does have a force sent out to the outer, uh, to unknown space to uh, the unknown regions to do things. So like everything that's set up here in Exegol was alluded to with Operation Cinder, which also then gets a little bit more detail in one of the books later. Not the Dark Horse, but an actual novel. And so to, to DJ's point, how would you, the casual to not to less than casual fan, have known that? Yeah, Palpatine being back kind of made no sense. I mean, I'm here for the ride. I love Palpatine. Uh, sure, but it would have been great had they just let the audience know. Because imagine you're a kid. This is your first Star Wars trilogy. Who's Palpatine? I don't. Mm. I, I I throw I throw that back to one of JJ's other movies uh, that I'm not a fan of uh, is Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Uh, I I don't like Into Darkness because not because it's a con reboot, but because of how they try to reverse the beats and they just don't work as well. There's a reason that Wrath of Khan worked as well as it did. And so when you have that big moment in Benedict Cumberbatch is like, oh, my name's not John uh, Harrison. It's it's con and everyone's like cool who's that i don't i don't know hey spock who's this con guy oh he's bad you got to kill him so in the context of the universe everyone knows who palpatine is but you as a fan you don't have that connection so you're like cool i i I don't know who this guy is and i even for someone who loves palpatine like me it it, the emotional connection wasn't there Hmm. uh it just felt very uh uh greatest hits yeah you know it's one of those things that um you know, they did it kind of uh, in the original trilogy where it was, hey, this is chapter four. This is a story that's been going on for thousands of years. And so you just had to accept all the things leading up to this. They just didn't spell it out in a way mm-hmm. that was very clear. Um, again, I'm, you know, very good at the whole suspension of belief thing. Oh, Palpatine's back. Uh, how about a little blurb of this is what happened. His acolytes is this, that, the other thing. It, it, fine. But I mean, again... If, if the, my biggest critique of the movie is that the, the villain who's been the villain of the entire nine movie trilogy behind the scenes shows up to have his ultimate ending, 
I can get on board with that. It's the way that it was handled of like, and he's back. Go. That was the, that was the part that I, I, I take issue with not his being present, just the lack of narrative explanation for it. But again, you know, the comic books right now are just dealing with the fact that Ben Solo didn't really just kind of wake up one day and decide to be on the dark side. He was kind of pushed there and prodded and all these things. So it's all this extra material stuff that's filling in all these blanks for people that I think the expectation is everyone's going to read this and everyone's going to be on board with it. But if all you want to do is sit down and watch the movies, it leaves a lot of holes. Well, if you look at something like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they do a really good job of connecting things together. And I know they have a lot of films to do that in, and they have a lot of property, uh, you know, with different characters and whatnot. But it's not something that's heavily reliant on you must know the comics to understand this, because they do a good job of introducing things. Um, they introduce you to who Valkyrie is. They introduce you to who, um, maybe not exactly who Yellow Jacket really is, but who Yellow Jacket is in the MCU. And I, I think that... I think that we kind of come to expect that in a lot of our, our a lot of our films now in our shared universes, and that, and that might not necessarily be fair, but I know for a lot of like kids and whatnot, Star Wars is tremendously important. But now, like the MCU is like their Star Wars trilogy, uh, you know, which which was you know for us. So it's like to them, it's like this magical thing, this connected stuff, and I, I think that that's. For better or worse, whether it's fair or not, that's kind of the expectation now to where we have something that, that you know, A begets B begets C. And when we have, uh, you know, he had, you know, Palpatine has been the, the villain, like, in the back, pulling the strings, you know, manipulating everybody, uh, Anakin from good to, to evil, um, all the way through and back again, we still, uh, it's still a bit out of a left field when it, it's not it's not really established that he's been back in the force awakens. He's been back in last Jedi. Um, that that's, that's where I think I was the most frustrated with, with his return was I'm, I'm for it. If you can like make it fit. I, I have a, I do have a question. So like dude was thrown down into an exploding death star and came back and has been hiding. So I guess my question is, is there a point of he comes back too often? Like, let's say they make a 10 and 11 and 12, and he comes back again, because for some reason, he's just that powerful. Is that going to be a step too far? Or... or I, I don't think anything technically can be a step too far. There's the term jumping the shark. Mm. But I say that with the caveat is it has to be done right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, again, as, as a big Palpatine fan was, I'm excited that he's back. I don't think the writers did it right this time, but we can't change that. It's mm-hmm. done. It's in the past. Uh, personally, I don't want to see more movies with the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to see other movies within the Star Wars universe. But if they were to bring back Palpatine at this point, I would be like, oh, God, we're retreading this again. Boy, I hope they get it right this time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where I'm at in, in regards to that question. Okay. You know, we may have another Rogue One type movie that's, you know, set within the universe. Uh, Maybe it's done from the perspective of, you know, the fleeing remnants of the Empire that they Mm. stumble across, you know, Palpatine bits here and there. I mean, who knows? This is one of those things. That's literally the game I just described, by the way. That's the exact story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I haven't haven't finished that game. I I just finished Fallen Order, you know, which is in its own way of, of, of... 
Yeah, tons of fun. But its yeah. own thing of twisting the, the narrative just a little bit. But again, it's an extra piece you have to be involved in. Um, and the expectation is just there that that's what fans are going to do now. They're going to they're going to dive into every single little bit. I mean, J.J. Abrams, especially, you know, uh, in um, some of the other movies that they've done, all these viral marketing campaigns where it's you got to look at the image and then you look at the coding of the image. And then and there is a set of, you know, uh, coordinates. And then you look those up on Google Maps and it leads you to another stuff like this has just been propagating to the point that now it's not just the the advertising but it's the entire breadth of whatever media they can fill in for these films you know you have to get every little bit of it to be in the know That's a really interesting thing, though, uh, that you brought up. Just like everything, sort of being. I mean, that's how that's how a lot of media is. It's it's you have to check Instagram, you have to check you know Google Maps, you have to check these things for like a very integrated, uh, heavy marketing campaign, and just just to like put yourself in the world. You know, reading comics is more integral now than it was for to reading the novels back when we had the other Star Wars films. And I, I think I think what it works well for a lot of other properties. And I think that Star Wars is getting there. I think this will help future films of, of just Star Wars in general to better inform their fans as to what the world is, what the truth of the world is, as opposed to using the old model. Because I think, I think what we're what we're seeing is the old model of how they were telling the story meshing with what we have now because I haven't read all the you know I haven't read all the new resistance comics and whatnot the Poe Dameron comics and everything else to fill me in on a lot of the newer trilogy stuff and I feel a, a little left out but I have played some games I knew I know a little bit more than the casual you know person walking into a walking into the film I I think if they assume that everyone is connected to everything, they need to kind of lean into that more. Just to piggyback off that. I, I think that's an interesting idea, but just to speak to Star Wars specifically, we had a whole generation of fans do that. And then Disney said, none of that is canon anymore. So and, and I that's could the see, problem. Yes. And that, I, you, I could see people being burned by that and being like, you know what? I'm not going to read that book because... Why should I? You're just going to tell me it's not canon in ten years or totally. whatever, you know? Um, no, like I just wanted to point that out. But no. that's that's that that's the leadership behind it. That that yes. that's their. I I hope that they they take that as a learning and uh, and go okay. Well, maybe maybe we need to to reverse our stance on that, mm-hmm. you know, or or to reverse that. That's how we approach canon. That's how we approach things. Because they, I mean, they they take they take a lot of. I mean, you could argue that that um, Kylo Ren and and Ray are very very similar to to um, Jason and Johnny Solo. Uh, you could, I mean, you look at the fact that Grand Admiral Thrawn is in Rebels. You know, pulled from Timothy Zahn novels. They take a lot of they, they take some great stuff. I, as a fan, it's kind of hard because you're like, I wish they would have shown Mara Jade's lightsaber or something like that to kind of like that little payoff, and then opens up the door for comics about luke and mara but 
Um, I, I want to jump in here real quick, though, and, hmm. and I will defend Disney to this point. I As much as I don't like the fact they threw everything away, it was the only logistical choice they had to go forward. Because, because and to the point that we brought up earlier about, uh, about Ryan Johnson saying, uh, you want to not cave into expectations. If, if we had just made a trilogy of movies based on the existing lore, sure, we would have seen it. It would have been nothing but fan service. And I think Disney made the right decision to scrub all that and bring in more points where they could. I, I interviewed Timothy Zahn at Dragon Con uh, right after uh, they announced that Thrawn was coming back uh, in Rebels. And at the time, he wasn't allowed to talk about it publicly, uh, but he and I got to talk about it off the record. And he's like, they also hired me to do new books. So not only is Thrawn back in Rebels, he has his own trilogy. He showed me the artwork and stuff like that. So that told me that Disney does care about the stuff, but they were just picking and choosing what they wanted and how they wanted to bring it back in. Um, you guys haven't finished Rebels yet, so you don't necessarily know the uh, the fate of Thrawn here. Um, but it's... It's exciting to see that they are expanding the old Legends material in a, and repurposing in a new way. Uh, I say this as someone, though, admittedly, who was never beholden to all of those original the literature. Because back then, growing up, I, I was born in 82. Um, I just didn't have time to read all those books or the, the, the money to or whatever. And so I, I was kept up in the, the loop with friends. And so I didn't feel the emotional loss that some of you guys might be feeling here of, well, they just trashed it. And then to the point of, well, you, you threw it away on us once before Disney. Why should we trust you to read it again? I think that's an exceptionally valid point because people have been burned. and But there are people who haven't been burned that I know of that still just, unless it's one of the main movies, they don't care. Yeah, I like... I agree. Like it was a logistical nightmare. There were like what thirty books, oh, just that. novels. Yeah. That's yeah. not to go into comics or anything else. Yeah. Um, of events, you know, after Jedi, before New Hope, and all this stuff. Um, I guess, I guess, if you're gonna tear the house down, you better make sure you build a better house. You know, is like kind of the way I look at it. And I, I look at the sequel trilogy as a whole, and I'm like, okay, like. I, I was, I don't know. I just wanted more from the trilogy. It just didn't, it hit too many familiar beats. It hit literally too many familial beats of family that we had already seen. It brought back another, the, the villain that we all thought was dead. Um, it just, it just recycled too much for me. Whereas when I look at Clone Wars or Rebels, like I think those are really great examples of striving into their own. And it, I concede those are shows um, of finding their own narratives. And it, I mean, we've, we've kind of been, we've already hit this <laughs> mule a few times about lack of a vision, but yeah, I don't know. When did, uh, when, when did Disney, when did Disney change everything? When did they make that ruling? It's, the I mean, the, the day they bought it. So it's been what, uh, doing the math eight years ago now. And, is that when they bought it? Yeah. And is Thrawn, is Thrawn the only thing they've pulled from the legacy? No, no. no. But okay. he's definitely probably the biggest. I'll yeah. say that. They, you, you'll see little nods to things, uh, little Easter eggs, mm -hmm. right? But when it comes to like core stuff from the, the, the extended books, I think Thrawn is the biggest. Is the biggest. Uh, by a long shot. And that should tell you something because 
Thrawn had three books, mm-hmm. uh, a new trilogy, and he's in Rebels, and and that's and that's it. Uh, and I say that kind of kind <laughs> of r- rudely. That's it. But you look at the other stuff that's out there. I mean, all the Mandalorian love, all the Mandalorian yeah. love is out of the is out of the stuff that they threw away. But they kept mm. enough of it to build something new, you know. And this is the irony of the 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 idea of you know let the past die, kill it if you have to, except for the parts <laughs> that we think are marketable for the future and bring them back. So there's there's some lip service, but some of it is purely like, okay, here's the pieces we're left with. What can we what can we build with out of these pieces? What I, kind of Lego device do we have? Yeah. Yeah. I used I used to work. Um, I, maybe I, I don't think it's be bad, bad bad saying this. It's been a while. Uh, I used to work with Disney, actually, huh. branding and whatnot. Uh, I didn't work for them, but uh, a lot of the conversations we would we would have is let's go all in on Porg. Let, this is the thing, like, and that was like the focus of a lot all of in on what uh, the Porg, like the little, oh, little the Porgs I heard from porn. I was like porn. Oh no, what? not Disney. Oh my god. <laughs> On yeah, Porg. Yeah. No, no. Rule 34. Rule 34. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, please. Um, but it, it's that sort of thing. And you know, we talked about licensing and toys not being anything new to Star Wars. I mean, that's why that's how Lucas made his empire's fortune. Mm-hmm. That's um, how he made the other movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's which be is, frank. Which yeah. is brilliant. I, I, I just think that it, it is it is that sort of, you know, they're going to take what works for them and they're going to they're going to market it. And I think... Some of those things work really, really well. I was, I mean, I, I read the Hand of Thrawn trilogy and I love the character. And then, you know, spoiler, you know, actually I won't spoil the books, but the books happen. And then, so, but now he gets a resurgence. It's wonderful to see. I just think that not everything worked and that's okay because not everything has to work. But um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I kind of see that sort of that Disney, well, what's going to, what what can we market and what can we market well and what will sell this property when it's it's uh, this might be going into the rogue one territory what i what i really really wanted from the new trilogy i didn't necessarily want to see the crystal you know shard and seal the saruk and see all these like things from the novels i i just wanted to see something that was um kind of inspiring Stills familiar that, yeah that the same but it needed to feel familiar absolutely i mean and that and that's why i think rogue one works so incredibly well and and, and it, it makes star wars important because spoilers for rogue one everyone dies you know the the whole thing in in jedi of uh return of the jedi as many bothans died for this information you get to see the sacrifice of a regular person in the galaxy who's fighting for what our main big damn heroes are fighting for except you know luke gets his hand cut off and just miraculously is able to you know to escape cloud city and han even though he's frozen in carbonite he is able to be freed by leia and everyone else these people aren't those big damn heroes and they made an ultimate sacrifice so that everyone else can get a little further, get the ball a little further down the, down the field. And I, I really wanted that out of the new trilogy. I got to care about characters I had never met before with Shira Imwe and, and, and uh, Cassian. And I, I, I cared about them and I just met them. And I, I don't feel like I really got enough of that in the new trilogy. So I'm, I'm happy with new characters. I'm happy with not, it not being the novels. I just, I feel like the storytelling was just inconsistent and kind of all over, all over the place. And, and 
it, it kind of spoiled me because I, I wanted them to break new ground and to move in a different direction, which is what I, I thought TLJ did a good job of. Well, it's over the hour mark <laughs> and we've had a really interesting treatise on, on Disney and, and Star Wars as a whole. Um, let's bring it, let's, let's bring it a little bit back to Rise specifically. Um, the characters, um, Ray, Poe, Fen, Kylo Ren, our four, our main four. Um, this was one of the questions I threw out there where we, were we generally happy with where they ended up with their arcs? I, I want to I want to improve your main four. Please because do. This is Star Wars and say a main five, and I want to include BB-8 in this mm, because do. Dro- droids are at a core of this franchise and always have been since the beginning with R2 and C3PO. And even though BB didn't have necessarily uh, a verbal way to express himself, and I'm also a uh, caveat for those of you who don't know, I'm actually friends with the guys that play BB-8, mm. uh, but that is not where this is coming from. No, that's great. I, I he is yeah. he is an establishing character. I mean, to the point that the final shot of the franchise is Ray and BBA at the end. So, so I, of those five characters, I think that of the characters, I think oh, man, Poe got the most justice done. Poe felt the most like a character, even though we got some shoehorn story in in Skywalker. Uh, but at the end of the day, the entire trilogy. Uh, even though it, it, you think it's about Ray, but we joked about this with the original franchise being the rise, fall, and redemption of, of Anakin Skywalker. That's kind of what this trilogy is. It's the redemption of Ben Solo more than it is the rise of Ray Skywalker. And I hate that uh, because I think Ray's a very important character. I just don't think they gave her the justice that she deserved. Even though I agree with the decisions they made, I just don't think they did it right. Wait, uh, Ben's redemption or Ray's? Ray? I think I both, honestly. But the, the when we're now that it's all said and done, we can look back and go, "Oh, this was really about Ben Solo," and I think his redemption was the right decision. Her path to becoming a Skywalker was the right decision. I just wish there had been. We've been we're a broken record at this point. I wish there had been a better narrative from the beginning to make these two paths more cohesive. I think the idea of both of these characters is really fantastic. I just think the execution is. Can someone can someone explain to me what changed Ben Solo's mind? Like, I truly don't get it. Like, I get Return of the Jedi. I get Vader saving his son. I don't I don't understand why Ben Solo there's, threw, threw there's the a, lightsaber away. I really don't. There's a, there's a, there's a line that Ray says where, since we are, we are under the assumption since Jedi that they've been keeping in touch. We have that establishing scene early in the movie or not even, not even that early, but still, where, they, where they're still vibing, right? They're still force communicating. And then she has a line to, to Ben, to, excuse me, to Kylo at that point, and says, I see that what you see, and you, you are still seeing the ghost of your father. You're still haunted by this. And that that is, unfortunately, the writer's way of going, hey, Kylo still feels guilty for killing his dad, everybody. <laughs> nudge, nudge. And... To Adam Driver's compliments, I think Adam Driver is an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just, just fantastic, and I'm glad that the world is finally discovering him because of this franchise. But he acted his ass off. He he worked with the materials that they gave him. He the the I've seen the movie twice now. You can see in his performance where he was back to, and this is probably because JJ was at the helm. 
angry lashing out Kylo Ren because he still he wasn't complete, which is a shame because his turn at the end of Jedi was the most complete that character has ever felt. We will go from his I'm now the supreme leader to I'm just angry and hitting things again, which was a running gag for years. Uh, so I, I think that is supposed to be representative of he is not at peace with who he's become. And so when when he has that little nudge from from Leia there, I think that's he, he was already looking for a reason to go over the edge and come back. But the script just didn't do a great job telling us that. That and, and that's why you're in the situation that you're in now where Well I'm asking you, you very, this question. Yeah, you're very frustrated by this and I understand that frustration, but I've I've been digging into this and, and looking at that going, where 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 is the disconnect? Because this is not the first conversation I've had with this. Like, where is this disconnect? Why didn't people see the same movie that I saw? Why didn't they see the same beats? And that's it just comes down to the writing, unfortunately. They're asking too much of its people to fill in the gaps. DJ, you look like you were about to chime in. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole Ben Solo, Kylo Ren thing for me, like, there's so many parts that uh, again, it's all the, the blanks are all being filled in in the comic books and things. Um, I read a great article that I happen to agree with, and I think this entire trilogy did Ben Solo dirty. Like, you know, we don't see why he turned. We just were told that he turned. And then mm-hmm. all the filler material is he was more or less pushed there. Um, there's this great scene in the in the current comics that are dealing with Ben Solo that um, – after the whole incident with Luke and the lightsaber coming at him and, you know, the, the temple or their training facility gets destroyed. Like Ben Solo just wants to leave. He just wants to go and all these other Jedi that show up, like decide he must be evil and they come after him. And he, it's because he's defending himself that he ultimately winds up taking these guys out. Right. Uh, it's, it's these other scenes. We miss all his compassionate moments, mm. all except for, when Han is standing in front of him and he says, like, I, I don't want this anymore, but he makes the wrong choice. Which is why we get the redemption point when Han comes back and he finally makes the right choice. You know, but that comes after he gets the the specific, the, I mean, literally sharing of her soul from Rey, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so there's, there's these things that have huge impact that we kind of are just thrown into and in getting these, these little glimpses of um and it's just i love the fact that he came back i love the fact that you know he he physically was healed i mean the scar in his face goes away when she heals him right like the whole redemption part for me plays perfectly the fact that he then ultimately sacrifices himself for her and fades in the into the force is great um I just wish it's a, it, you could have done an entire Ben Solo trilogy with him as the main uh, protagonist, as the bad guy going through all this, and I would have loved it. Um, but they tried to split this whole narrative amongst too many people, and that's mm. that's been my biggest complaint about this new trilogy as a whole is that there's too many people we're supposed to care about. Um, you know, we didn't get all those answers. What was Finn really trying to say to to Ray? Is it that he but loves her? Is it that the, he's force sensitive? You know, all these different things that they this they left. I will say one thing about the the animated series is they have introduced time travel, 
Mm. So God only knows where any of this is going to go. We could Star Trek this up and Q could show up and wave his fingers and, you know. To, to, to that point, though, because I've, I've used the time travel button as well, going, wow, wow, I can't believe Rebels did this. Spoiler alert, by the way, uh, Rebels introduced time travel. But Filoni has also said that was a one-time thing. I swear I'm never going to do it again. I'm like, cool, that's great, Dave. You're not going to do it again. But now you've opened that <laughs> can Who's to say someone else responsible in the universe doesn't try to retcon something using time travel? I hope they don't, but my God, that would be a mess. <laughs> and that's the thing is there's there's this is the problem that was existed with the the you know all the books and the 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 lack of one through line, the lack of one um, thing for whether it, all of these different materials. There's so many cooks in the kitchen now that who knows where it's going to go. You know, I, 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 at the end of the, at the end of the first viewing, I felt really upset with like, you know, I was mad at JJ and whatnot. And then I, since then I've given him more time to think about it and I'm definitely not mad at him whatsoever for the movie because what was he up against? You know, he was up against a lot of exactly that, like a, a lot of cooks in the kitchen trying to, you know, make sure this was exactly the way they wanted it to be. And when you have that many people all trying to like, you know, usher something in, you're going to make a lot of people upset or a lot of people happy. And then you're splitting, you're splitting that attention amongst the four or five major characters in the trilogy that we're dealing with. Right. As well as paying lip service to all the characters from the original trilogy that came over. I mean, it's yeah, no wonder people are pissed off all over the place, but you know, you have to take it for what it is, I guess. Well, I mean, if you even you look at like a, a long running, you know, series of films and uh, like a capstone sort of a thing, it's it's kind of unheard of. It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, yes, we have the MCU, but that's spread out over a lot of films. And Endgame does do a really good job of like you know wrapping things up. But we also had Infinity War and Endgame you know, kind of like sort of like a back-to-back sort of like tandem. But when you look at something like Star Wars, nine films trying to make sure everyone sort of gets in, um, there are things that that if they're trying to just do this, and, and it was a, was a three-hour film, wasn't it? It was uh, 235. 235, 235, yeah. 235, yeah I, I, think, I think. I keep hearing... You know, I you see, we see, we we get Lando, we get all these people, we finally get the Knights of Ren. They kind of shoved all that in there, and and to your point from earlier, it would have been wonderful to have seen this trilogy maybe made into six films, or, or you know, like a whole Ben Solo uh, trilogy, and then the culmination of that is what we have now, and that at least would have like tied it together better. But damn, it it is so much for them to handle all of these different threads that you know, something's going to fall. Something's going to fall and break. So I just have to keep us on time here. So let me, that kind of takes us into our next question. Um, Do you hope we get an episode 11, 10, 11, and 12? And if, if so, I mean, the, the nine, the nine movies have been the Skywalker saga. I think if you do a 10 and 11 and 12, that would probably imply it's a Skywalker story of some type or, or do you want something different? Do you want a so different type of trilogy? We are I, assuming I think, that the, the, the so-called secret trilogy of the star Wars universe movies aren't included in this, right? Because I mean, I've heard that argument made. The, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so the, the, 
the Star Wars extended universe movies that we've gotten, uh, Rogue One, yeah, uh, Solo, those are supposedly being called the the secret trilogy. Those are the ones that focus on the everyday life of the common people, more or less. Oh, uh, you mean you know. like the the story movies that they're doing, the one off yeah. movies? Um, yeah, if you or it can be more one off movies, like that's. I, I, I've never heard that referred to as a trilogy idea before, but I can see where people are coming from because I think we're just used to defining Star Wars in terms of trilogies. What's the third? What's the third one in that trilogy? Because we only they they were they were in the process of making a Boba Fett movie uh, and that got canned. Okay, and and then I think that got repurposed over and even and, and there was even rumor that it was going to be an Obi Wan movie. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're doing uh, an Obi Wan show. I show think. Cash Cashian's got his own show, and I, I and I think the future of Star Wars is Disney Plus. I think I think the future of Star Wars. I, th- I think Rogue One. I remember when Rogue One first came out. There was this huge debate of is there going to be a title crawl? How do we open this movie? This is our first non-episode movie. How do we handle this? And I think the decision to make it its own thing, for better or worse, regardless of if you like it, was smart. And I think having more standalone stories inside the universe is smart. I mean, I think there's a reason that the Mandalorian is resonating with people. I love it, obviously. Uh, I love the short form, but I'm familiar with Filoni's works. But I think there's a uniform opinion of The Mandalorian. There's an episode in it where they go back to Tatooine, and it's just basically 20 minutes of fan service, which is fine. It's fun, but a lot of people are going, that's kind of the weakest thing because it was retreading things. And so even though they are going to go forward and expand their own universe with Disney+, Plus, uh, and then maybe do some more independent non-episode movies, they just need to be real careful uh, not to tap into things they've done before, allude to them, sure, uh, but to not just retread the same steps, I think would be the smart decision for them. I, I think, per, oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. I, I think if they're going to do more movies, uh, even if it's a new trilogy, they're going to go back to like Knights of the Old Republic time, where it's familiar, you understand that there's Jedi running around. It's not a question of who's the last one or who it is. There's good and bad. There's all the technology, but it, it, it's got all those elements, but you can do some completely new story or you could retread uh, Darth Raven and the whole thing, but you could do all that within a universe that we understand um, just at a different age of, of all of this. You know, they're talking about doing the same thing with Game of Thrones, right? Where they're going back to the age of heroes or whatever it is. I mean, it's not a new concept to, to take that huge step back in order to make something new. But I think that could work because I think moving forward beyond where they ended this trilogy is going to just have answered or have people asking too many questions about, well, did Ray ever leave Tatooine? You know, is, is Poe uh, doing this? Is Finn doing, you know step backwards to move forward i think is the thing yeah you know took the (laughs) you you must be reading my mind um i think great minds think alike there we go i think the future of star wars is in the old republic i really do uh for for you know many of the reasons that you just mentioned but it's also it's also perfect for disney you get tons of lightsabers. You get new droids. You can establish so, so much and it doesn't retcon or or correct anything that you've already done. They have thousands of years of all kinds of things that they could sort of delve into. And I, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong or you know throw this out, but I, the prequels, what other film series has ever done like a prequel before Star Wars? 
before Star Wars. Before... I mean, that's that that's a tough sell uh, because I mean mm-hmm. I know you can, you think of other stuff now, but. I mean, even Back to the Future wasn't a prequel. They just went back in time. Right. It's not a prequel, you know? I mean, so it, it, yeah. Star, the only thing I can think of is Star Trek Enterprise is a prequel right. series but that, to Star but Trek. But that was after. That came out right. after the prequel trilogy, though. Enterprise came out in, like, around, what, 2002, yes. 2003? Yeah. Right. yeah. So, and, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't, I'm struggling. If you think about that, I mean, like, for one, ballsy and really, really ballsy to do that, but it's it kind of introduces a really interesting you know, storytelling tactic. We know that Anakin's going to become Vader, obviously. That's with the poster with Jake Lloyd and, you know, Darth Vader's armor behind him. But what a cool thing about Star about Star Wars The Elder Republic could be is that you're telling all these stories and people see, oh, oh, wait, that's Alderaan. We can see Alderaan. We can see, you know, the beginnings of like um, uh, certain technologies. We can get a little bit of fan service in like we see an IG-8 you know, or an IG droid being built for the first time. Those cool things that Star Wars fans can like really latch on and attach to because it still relates to what we all know and love, but also the opportunity to tell new stories, to 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 use all of the the races that have already been established. And then I a big part of Star Wars that I that I I'm really happy with the Mandalorian not going whole hog into Jedi because of course, the time period, but one of the things that I love about when I play, um, I played Star Wars uh, tabletop RPG, is I don't like using Jedi. I don't like using the Force a lot because I, I I love it. It's 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 one of the, it's the thing in Star Wars, but I I want to see the dirty. I want to see the the scum and villainy. I want to see the everyday sort of experience. That, it's interesting. Is, is that? Go ahead. It's interesting you say that, uh, Jake, because I have a friend who is the opposite. Like he watched Rogue One and he watched Solo. Mm-hmm. And he's like, these are really interesting stories, but there are no Jedi. Right. I love the Force. Like he's like, I love the Force. I like the, well, I mean, aside from, um, uh, what's his name? He's blind. Um, oh, he was like i love jedi i love the force like that's such an integral part to star wars so mm-hmm. to not be there in a story really like he I'm, just for him personally he doesn't like I think it. that's because when star wars came out you know it's hail as a science fiction movie but it was a fantasy movie uh-huh. uh even though it just happened to be in space we space wizards man hell yeah why <laughs> wouldn't we want space wizards and knights and so like when we when you mentioned to jake's point about uh and, and DJ as well. The answer is in the past with the uh, with the old republic. I I agree a hundred percent. But that's because we have this romantic idea, like we're in love with the idea of it. And I think before the prequel trilogy came out, we had the same conversation hmm. when they announced, when Lucas said, "Hey, I'm doing a prequel trilogy." All of us were like, "Hell yeah, we're in." We would love to know what happened before all this stuff. But and I, I think I, he was kind of he, he was kind of stuck with that though. But I think, I think it's it's, I, it's it's good because it's not tied to a Skywalker. Right, no, that yeah, that, that's the point that I'm trying to make. Though oh, is right. like, uh, it, it because you have all this untapped potential, uh, and we have even less. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's defined in the old Republic. Obviously, we're Star Wars nerds. <laughs> we are meticulous. We have the Wikipedia and things like that. We know how things are tracked. We can tell you every story that has ever tied back to the old Republic, including a story at the end of Rebels. Uh, excuse me, at the end of the Mandalorian, the final shot of the Mandalorian ties back into the old Republic. Casual fans might not know that. Um, so there's enough to find there that will be to Jake's point of, I want something to feel familiar while still treading new territory. 
Because I think because the... you, th- you you think about the current Star Wars trilogy, it's less than a hundred years. Oh, Sorry, yeah. the, not the trilogy, the whole the whole franchise. We have existed in this universe a long time ago, uh, less than a hundred years, and the Old Republic was thousands of years before this. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of wiggle room there, and there's a lot of ways that we can, as fans, can rediscover our love for it. I think because uh, I think the only other option is to then step a few thousand years into the future, and you just acknowledge that the Jedi Order in whatever variation has been at least rebuilt or there's some new thing i mean who knows maybe we'll finally get a knights of ren trilogy to explain what the hell their purpose was other than right. just that would have been be great fodder. <laughs> Did, does anyone here watch star trek discovery by chance no i do no. okay 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 so, so jake you said you do right i do yeah are you are you cur- are you caught up on that yes okay so to to your point though dj uh and and the star trek parallel is a perfect parallel where is that with enterprise they had a, they did a prequel series. Like the, Star Trek has struggled to move forward in the timeline after Deep Space Nine and the end of Voyager. The Picard series will be the first real time we're ad- addressing that. But to to DJ's point, where let's go so far forward that it doesn't matter. That's what season three of Discovery is going to be. They're going a millennium into the future, cool. and I think I, I I think that's fantastic from a storytelling perspective. I think Star Wars could do that, but I think because we have this we're all holding on to, oh, I want to see Old Republic, that I think that's where all the weight is going to be. I think either they go either they go a couple thousand years in the past, or they go a couple thousand years in the future. And let's see what happens. But it, we, we need to stop tapping into what we know now, because we're getting that with Obi-Wan, we're getting that with Cash, and we're getting that with Mando. I know? think I think to go 3,000 years into the future, or, or however long, like, a, a, you know, if it's a thousand or more, we have to do the old Republic first. I, I think that that, mm-hmm. that establishes enough distance away from the Skywalkers so that you can find your, uh, your new sort of like uh, a new way to be enamored with the franchise. And in order to sort of set that up, it's not just about this one family. Do you think they need a new, um, do you think they need a new Skywalker? Like not not a sorry not like a new Skywalker but sure. like you know Star Wars is synonymous with the you know the hero's journey. Do they need a new hero? Almost like do they do they need a new like this new trilogy Ryan Johnson is working on? Do you yeah. want it to kind of take on that mantle? Even if it's not you know it's not part of the Skywalker saga, but what if it's a f- I don't know, what am I trying to ask? No, I, Do you know I what I'm trying to yeah, ask? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I I think I would be interested in in not having that, and but maybe having a crew, you know, to, uh, for for as pro- many problems the solo had, I wanted to know what that crew was like before they before Han and Chewie joined it. Hmm. Like th- that that's interesting to me. Like that that a lot of a lot of the Star Wars novels games you know fallen order has that sort of that crew feel and you have disparate people in that crew so i like a firefly almost exactly yeah i mean like type of thing star wars is big enough to be able to to talk about family issues to talk about friends to talk about um i don't know maybe maybe like lovers and whatnot which really quick poe and finn why not Uh. why not (laughs) why uh Uh, they should have they should have oh they had so much chemistry and it just and I love hearing um, Oscar Isaac just, you know, unapologetically now just being like, no, they chickened out. They didn't do it. We we were ready. We wanted to. But anyways, I, I, I don't think it I don't think you necessarily need it. I'd 
be curious to see what it's like without it. Um, but then you look at the Mandalorian and they even call the child, you know, his his child. Mm-hmm. So there's still always that familial connection. We'll never get rid of that. But the focus being on something a little bit different would be nice. I think the other thing you could do, which would be interesting to me, like I want an I Jedi uh, trilogy, right? Like, so I Jedi was uh, Corin Horn. I think he was one of the, from the books, he was one of the uh, Jedi Knights who was uh, serving when Luke was head of the new Jedi Order. And he just gets tasked and sent off on his own mission, right? Um, It's tangential to the stuff going on after uh, the Battle of Yavin. And, you know, there's some, some established things there. You could get just a holocron of, you know, before he someday passes away. Mark Hamill as Jedi Master Luke saying, hey, I've got this, you know, I need you to do this. And that's all. That's the only tie you need to everything. It can be, you know, other things taking place within the timeline that we know, but just other people's stories. You know, give us something that's that's just the step away from the Skywalker stuff because opening that can of worms again is just going to get lead us back to these kind of conversations of why couldn't we do something else or you know that's what i like about the uh fallen order uh video game that's out it's it's ties into the existing timeline of the stuff that we all know is is movie fans but it's a completely subset thing that's out there just taking place within this universe look at like dark forces one and two with kyle katarn like and or the Shadows of the Empire with Dash Rendar and like, you know, these these characters that are that we want. I mean, I, I would love to see a Dash Rendar film. It's adjacent to what, you know, what happened in um in the original trilogy, but it's still something that is fun and familiar. Well, great, everyone. I think we have to slowly wrap this up. Um, man, what this has been a very interesting discussion. Um yeah, we're at the hour thirty mark, so let's 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 bring it to a close. Um, I think we've 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 kind of set our piece on Rise of Skywalker and kind of the future of of Star Wars. Is there anything in the works that you're particularly excited for? Just real quick. I mean, obviously, season two of Mandalorian has been greenlit. We don't know what Ryan Johnson is doing. There's an Obi Wan series. Um, with what's currently in the books, is there something you're you're really excited about? Real fast, just the cap it off you you covered everything great <laughs> <laughs> all of the i above. mean i mean I, yeah i mean i'm i mean obviously i'm excited with mando season two uh that was a home run um i'm not in the cash in fan base so i'm not as excited for that show uh but i think the fact that they they converted the obi-wan movie into a television show and the rumor that i'm reading is they want to cast a young luke skywalker for that show we're talking like adolescent Luke Skywalker, because we're going to see a period of time where Obi-Wan is kind of keeping an eye on Luke in the shadows, and, you know, the Jedi Code may or may not be an important thing to him anymore, so we're going to kind of see rogue Obi-Wan, and I think uh, and his his descent into old Ben, uh, I, I think that's a fascinating idea, and much has been my complaint of everything so far. I hope they get it right. Uh, having Hugh and McGregor back is a great 
idea. That's a good first step. That's a really yeah. good first step. I think step two is calling it Rogi One. Rogi One. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, Rogi One is great. Rogi One Kenobi. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm. You sold. I'm on board. I'm, I'm buying board. a t-shirt that's right it. now. See, that's it. That's that's done. We can't top that. <laughs> Rogi One. I'd love to see a uh, like a Rogue One or a Rogue Squadron series. You know, mm. something that's kind of uh, mm. a look at the foot soldiers doing fun things. I mean, there's established lore in those books and things too i mean it doesn't even have to be specifically you know with wedge antilles there there's a whole bunch of people that you could have there um but i think that would be an interesting thing to do so again something in tangent to what what's out there but you all new stories just about these side battles and the, the everyday stuff kind of, kind of like what we got back in the the clone wars back in the back in the day that mm. yeah uh just, just, just more folk I, I would love that that would be yeah. just a day in the life like take take the squadron banter of like Battlestar Galactica, but put it in a bunch of X wings, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and A wings, oh. and A wings, sorry, and A wings, and yeah, A wings, right. and B wings, Y wings. <laughs> that's right. Uh, great, gentlemen. Well, let's let's wrap this up. Um, real quick. Uh, let's go around. Um, uh, Chris, I'll start with you. If people want to to find you or follow you, your exploits or send you angry. Angry Nerd Mail, is there, is there a place people can reach out to you if you wish to be found? Yeah, you can find me on any social media uh, as Pagemaster Jim, J-I-M. Uh, Pagemaster as if the movie, and Jim as in Jim McNatowski, the taxi driver, because my actual name is Christopher Lloyd. So, at Pagemaster Jim is the best way to find me across the board. Great, Scott. <laughs> Perfect. DJ, what about you? Uh, no, don't follow me, please. It makes me nervous. <laughs> That's fair. That is all right. I'll speed up and walk by you then. Don't worry. <laughs> so if they need to find you, contact Chris. Got it. Great. Um, Jake, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Inzunza. It's Y-N-Z-U-N-Z-A. I know it's really weird. It's Basque. Uh, uh, I, uh, you can also find me at World of Chaldea. I do, uh, I'm a voice actor for an upcoming show that's coming out here in 2020, finally. Going to be debuted sometime in the summer. Uh, it's a high fantasy D&D adjacent uh, live action and animated cartoon. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we all love D&D here on the podcast. So that's a fan. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I've been your host, Chris. Uh, we have a bunch of different uh, topics. We, Depending on when this comes out, um, we may have just released or was about to release a Breath of the Wild podcast. So please check that out uh and this is this is our discussion on episode nine which may make you sad because you may think that we're out of star wars topics but lo and behold we have never talked about clone wars or the rebels or rogue one or any of the prequels so there are still more star wars discussions down the line so there will be plenty to talk about uh gentlemen thank you so much for coming out this afternoon and chatting star wars rise of skywalker with me thanks man yeah, uh, I've been your host, Chris Bashan, and joining me for our Rise of Skywalker podcast have been Jake and Zunza, DJ Fink, Crispy. Thank you and have a good night.